Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Man, I have a word on my heart that just, I was like, Lord, I want to I wanna teach this. It really is like a six-hour teaching. I said, but I'm going to bring it in 32 minutes. I believe we can do it. Amen. You believe we can do it? Yes, we will. For those of you who are doubters from now on, because I try to get you to be doubters, we're going to do this. Faith is, it's a matter of the heart. If you look at your title real quick, and we're going to pray, I promise you, but faith, it's a matter of the heart. See, everybody look at me for a minute. I've seen over the years where we as believers are in this position where we're called of God, mandated in the Bible to believe him. That's why we're called believers. We're called to have faith in God. Matter of fact, if you look at your text scripture at the very top of your notes, look at your notes, Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, but without what? It is to please whom? Him. So faith is of necessity. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says you can't even get saved without faith. So if you're here tonight and you're a Christian, if you're not here, by the way, uh, if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we're going to give you opportunity at the end of the service because it's great a decision greatest decision you can ever make. We're going to give you opportunity. But for by grace you are saved through faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. So you can't even experience salvation without faith. So faith is of the extreme. But faith, man, I could probably go around the room right now with a mic and interview as many as I could. And you'll be amazed the diversity of the definition or defining what faith is. And how many know there's only one definition? There's only one way. It's God's way. So it's very, and it's very clear in the Bible, but yet it could be very muddled. Here's why I think now, try to hear my heart. Here's why I think sometimes it's muddled when it comes to the clarity and how simple. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Faith and believing God is very, very simple. Now, 20 years 25 years ago, 30 years, I've been a Christian 33, 34 years, let's just say 33 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say that to you standing here. I'd be like, oh, faith, man, I'm just confused. Because <laughs> see, I envisioned what many Christians, I believe, go through, and that's, here is God's will here, which is God, and here's Ken, or you and I, and in between, we got life going on. Everybody say life going on. How many got life going on? How many know life going on, there's days it's good, and there's days it's not good? How many know what I'm talking about? How many, how many love how life can be? You could be on the top one day, and the very next day, you feel like you're not only on the bottom, you feel like the bottom's on top of you. How many know what I'm talking Everybody say, turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to life. Come on, turn to somebody and say, welcome to life. That's life. But then you start cracking open the Bible and God says, I promise you life, I promise you blessings, I promise you breakthroughs, I promise you victories, I promise you good things, I promise you my grace, I promise you my mercy. And you start reading all this that God promises joy in the midst of trial. All these things that God promises and then there's you and I and in between is life. Here's the dilemma. It's you and I in the midst of life 
and God's very best is over here and trying to receive and, and actually experience everybody say experience. See, I don't know about you, I'm tired of reading the Bible all about God's goodness, grace, mercy, blessings, breakthrough, and victories and not experiencing it. Am I the only one? Just me and Tammy. Now, unless you're not honest with yourself, and, I, and I'm very good at helping people be honest because I, I believe I'm, I'm, I try to be as genuine and real as I can, even as a pastor, because life is tough, man, but life can be good. But if you're not honest, you're not going to get the very best that God has to you because you've got to be honest. There's a lot of things we read in the Bible or we hear conveyed from the Bible for us that is all kinds of goodies, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of blessings. And we know, and I'm going to say very good English, we know we ain't experiencing it. But we sit there in church, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, mercy, grace, blessing, breakthrough, victory. And we know we're getting beat up every day. How many know that's not right? So sooner or later, we've got to look at what God's very best is and what God's will is, God's word says is ours. Us, life in between, how do we make the connection? And a lot of times, most Christians, this is what I've seen we do, is when it comes to faith, we envision that faith is this. This is about as simple, I, I couldn't think of any other way to explain it, is that we're trying to persuade God, let's say, to heal our body of sickness and disease that we're pain that we're experiencing, or a job that we need. How many here need employment? Let me see your hands. Raise your hand. How many need a job right now? I've seen people do this where they're trying to persuade, everybody say God, that God, I need a job. God, thank you, 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 thank you for my job. Or whatever it may be. How many are following me? We're, we're trying to do all these spiritual exercises, spiritual gymnastic stuff. Where if I could jump through all these spiritual gymnastic hoops, God's gonna go, wow. Did, did you see Ken right there? Did you see how many scripture he just quoted? You know what? I'm gonna give him that job. Or, hey, man, Ken actually dropped to his knees. I'm talking about Ken. He actually, he prayed today. Wait a minute. Jesus is the father talking. To Five days in a row, Ken's been praying. Come on, get him that job. Get it to him. He deserves it. Now, I know none of you've done that. So, obviously, if you would tonight, sincerely, let me preach to me tonight. Can I do that? Because I know none of you thought that you're trying to persuade God like healing your body. Father, I thank you. And, I, and I've heard believers pray this all the time. Now, I'm about to say something. If you get all right up, don't jump out of your seat. Come after me. Because I will beat you up. No. <laughs> I meant if you want to hurt me. I'm teasing. You don't know what kind of car I drive. It's an old 1998 Camry. So if you want to. Slice the tires, you could do it. Amen. Most Christians pray, Lord, heal my body, 
I come to you, Jesus, and in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. For a lot of people, Christians come up for prayer on Sundays and say, I want to pray that God will heal my body. Do you realize that's nowhere near scripturally accurate? Do you know what scripture says? God's already healed your body as far as he's concerned. You ought to see some of your faces. I am like the antichrist right now. See, because that's the number one controversy other than praying in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of, that's like the two, but healing is like the top controversial thing in the body of Christ. It's the top. And, and, and if I had opportunity, I'd take everyone who believes that way, just take, I could take five minutes, I could show you scripture. By the time we're done, I guarantee I can convince you from scripture that God said, I've already done it as far as I'm concerned. How many of there's a difference God going and God done? How many are with me tonight? Come on, you're so quiet. You know why? Everybody say, I'm thinking. See, most of what we believe faith is, is persuading God to move. Look, watch, here's us, God, life in between. Faith is trying to get over the chasm of life and noise of life. How many know life can be noisy? God! Me! And finally God's like, did you hear that? Oh, okay, and then God has to rush over the chasm of the busyness of life, swoop in on our behalf, help us be the swooping eagle, deliver us from our stuff, Ta-da, and he's the champion of the day. Do you remember the one show, we had that buzzer? That's not faith. That's not God. That's not Christianity. Do you know what it is? Look at the title. Faith, it's a matter of the heart. Real quick, look at me, and I'm gonna give you pretty much the ending of this message, and we're gonna work our way backwards through the notes. Here's why, because just in case of time, we don't get to the end, I wanna tell you the ending right now. Faith isn't persuading God. It's persuading your heart. The number one emphasis of my effort in my faith walk has nothing to do with God. Man, you gotta see some of you on that. Some of you start squirming, scratching yourself and. God don't need faith. Who does? Turn to the person next to you and say, you do. Go ahead, tell them. Faith, listen, everybody look at me, please. Please hear my heart. Faith is a matter of you persuading your heart to the fullest. The Apostle Paul said it. The Apostle Paul said in his writings in Romans, he was so excited, he said, I'm fully persuaded that what God said, he will do. I labor not to persuade God. God's settled. 
as far as God's concerned, and I've said this analogy before, that million dollars you need to give you the breakthrough of the noisy busyness and stuff of life that you need to bring you that victory, that million dollars, it's in the bank. Everything you need, whatever is gnawing at you right now, whatever, if you were to wake up tomorrow, if it went away, life would be, <sighs> whatever that is, God says it's in the bank already. And it's not up to God for us in faith to persuade him, sway him, twist his arm, and finally he gets up and goes to the bank and withdraws it for us. He's done it. How many remember Jesus? How many remember at the cross? What was the most powerful statement ever made by a human slash God and ever stated and written in the Bible. How many remember it? It is. <laughs> Do you understand the power of that statement? It is finished. God said, my work is done for humanity. Salvation as of now has been provided. You think salvation is just God forgiving you of your sins and all your wrongdoings and you get your slate wiped clean? Thank God that's a big portion of it. That's not all salvation is. That's the start of it. You get forgiven of all the now I'm speaking for me, all the stupid things I've done. I know you've never done quite the stupid things I've done, right? I got forgiven of all that stupidity. My slate was white clean. God gave me a brand new life because he made me a brand new person on the inside. Now God says, come on, let's journey into salvation. I'll show you what true salvation really is. That was the start. That wasn't the means of the end. How many are with me tonight? But without, now that was the introduction. <laughs> what is faith a matter of? Who are we trying to persuade when we build our faith, when we grow our faith? Who, who are we trying to persuade? Our heart, us. Everybody say, not God. Folks, God's settled in this. Now, here's the question you have, and I saw some of you ding, 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 like light bulbs, and it's a legit question, and I commend you for the question. Now you say, well, why, does, why do I have to persuade my heart in order for God's blessings to come? I'm glad you asked that. Let's go. Here we go. Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the? Out of the abundance of the? Okay, let me prove to you everyday living, and for some of you, holy of holy saints, you're not, you're not gonna relate to this, but for the rest of us, you're gonna relate. How many know, you don't always know what's in your heart, do you? Until you're on I-35 and somebody tailgates you. <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the... Now for you holy of holy of holy of holy of holy of holy saints, when somebody comes barreling up on behind you and you can see the whites of their eyes, let alone their headlights, you say, praise the Lord. <laughs> For others here tonight, it may be beep. It's amazing how life, the chasm of life, 
the busyness, the noisiness of life, when it squeezes you, stuff comes out. How many believe it's careful, therefore, what we put in? How many, see where I'm going with this? My effort in developing my faith has nothing to do with God. God settled it. The idea is I've got to persuade me in my innermost being, my heart, that God's already settled it. God believes it. How many believe God believes Christianity and salvation? How many believe that God believes when he says, hey, mercy, new mercy is yours every day? How many believe he believes it? How many believe when God says, hey, I've already healed you as far as I'm concerned? How many believe he believes it? If God says, hey, I'll forgive you, all you gotta do is confess. How many believe God believes it? So take God out of this faith equation because that's where most of us struggle in. I've had Christians say, but, but Ken, I've asked God. I've asked him over and over and nothing's happened. You know what that's saying? Question mark on whom? Come on, be honest. Work with me. Who are we questioning at that time? Yeah. And then that's when we come up with these, I was going to say something. We come up with these crazy philosophies. Crazy theology. Well, that must be that it's not God's will. But it's in the Bible. Black and white and sometimes red. But because it didn't happen, because God didn't make it happen, oh, he must be like questioning or he changed his mind. How about this one? God's in total control. How many have heard that? Come on, some of you believe this. See, some of you, I'm tagging you for a reason. I love you, you can get mad, I get it. I mean, there's times people be teaching, I'm getting mad because what it's doing is it's stirring up some of our wrong thinking and our wrong beliefs. You get mad, I get that. Just don't get mad at me. Dig in the Bible, find it out. Is God really in control, as we say? Because this is what happened. We've tried to persuade God to do something and it never happened, see, because we think faith is this, chasm of life, busyness in life, noisy life, us, God, and this is faith, trying to hook over all this stuff, get a hold of God and get him to sweep clean of everything. And since God hasn't done it yet, It must not be his will because, you know, God's in control. I'm watching some of you. I'm pausing for a reason. I want that to sink in because some of you believe that. You got to get rid of that. You would be amazed how much God let you in control of your life more than you care to admit to. I'll prove it to you. One statement, it's called your will. Freedom of choice. God gave every human being that ever has, is, or will breathe a will. We're not robots. God ain't manipulating, controlling, moving, conniving, twisting you and I into his perfect will. You ain't ever gonna find that. He gave you a freedom of choice. You're more in control of your life 
than you and I sometimes, maybe not Wednesday night crowd, maybe first service Sunday, more, listen, look at me, more than most Christians want to admit to because then it puts the responsibility off of God and back on whom? Well, if God wants to free me of these drugs, this addiction I have, he'll just do it. He's already done it. (laughs) It is finished. It's a matter of persuading your heart that you're already free. And then therefore the power of God, boom, moves once your heart's persuaded. Let's move on. Think of this. Sometimes the closest thing to victory that believers ever see is simply tenacity. I watch more Christians so tenacious so tenacious at believing God. But how many know tenacity is not the key and key only? Let's go on. Remember, though tenacity is good, it's not the victory. Thank God for your tenacity. But look at these next thoughts. Think on this. Tenacity and willpower, remember I talked about the freedom of choice, are the best of whom's ability? Our ability. They will last as long as we don't get what? And I watch believers with tenacity trying to persuade God to work and move and give them the blessing that they need that they become up, they come up so exhausted. Listen, everybody look at me. This is important. Don't fade on me. This is so important. They come up so exhausted that they quit. Faith was never meant to exhaust you. Faith was meant to refresh you. I'll prove it to you from scripture. Here we go. But the best of, so our best of ability is our tenacity and our willpower. Once you get weary, that's over. How many know everybody has a breaking point? But the best of God's ability is, once you and I, everybody look at me. Once you and I learn to tap in with our faith into God's grace, which is God's power, God's ability, It's ongoing energy. You'll be able to stand and not be moved in the midst of life's busyness and noise and so forth. Real faith takes a hold of what? Look at your notes up on the screen. What does real faith take a hold of? Mark that. Not your blessing. Real faith has nothing to do with your blessing. Real faith has nothing to do with you getting a hold of your healing for your body. Real faith has nothing to do, everybody look at me, with you getting a hold of your job that you need. Nothing. Real faith takes a hold of grace. And that while you're in need of a job and your body's giving you problems and pain and dysfunction and all that, and you're in grace, you've tapped in with your faith to God's grace. Woo, do you understand what God's grace is? Forget religious way that sometimes they try to define God's grace as it's all fluffy like a cloud. God's grace is the most 
busting biggest it can break stuff pound stuff remove stuff annihilate stuff move mountains it is so much power and so much ability of God it'll blow your mind what do you think it took for God to forgive you of all your sin wipe it clean and give you a brand new slate do you think it was some fluff cloud coming in it was a river of the flow of the blood of Jesus. That's power, man. So faith isn't you trying to get a hold of God to persuade him so he can finally, out of his hands, relinquish your job and your healing and whatever else, you, finally peace among whomever with them. It's none of that. It's grace. Woohoo! come on. Look at this, to end our struggles to have our heart established in righteousness. That right there is a whole different teaching. I shouldn't even put that in there. Because if I don't watch, I'll go off on that one statement alone because Lord willing, we're gonna talk about and teach about being established in righteousness. Because that's why most Christians struggle. They have no idea what Christianity and forgiveness and salvation really is. It's a gift of righteousness. Once you're established and persuaded about who you are as a Christian, that you are literally in the eyes of God righteous and right standing, you'll struggle to always receive from God. So just take that, put stars around it. We're gonna get to that sometime. Let's move on for the sake of time. Here we go. We're to labor to enter rest. Did you know we're, our, our effort in our faith is to labor into rest, which is his grace? Let's read this. By the way, everybody say, everybody say part two. Everybody say maybe next Wednesday. I told you we weren't gonna finish tonight. Hebrews 4, 1 through 2, and then 9 through 11. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel is preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard, everybody say God's word, it didn't profit them. Pause, don't look no more in your, everybody look at me, don't look any further. It didn't profit them. So let's take this to everyday living. Everyday Christians are coming in and out of church, cracking open the Bible every day. They're hearing the word. It's being taught to them. They're reading it. They're studying it. It's not profiting them. I said that at the beginning of the service. How many of us should be frustrated and tired of reading the Bible of all the blessings of God and all the victories and all the goodness of God and not experiencing it for ourselves? I'm tired of just seeing it on the pages. I want it. Just like I'm tired of just hearing about God's love, his amazing love. How many are tired of just hearing about how much he loves you? How many wanna actually start experiencing it? I want everybody to show their hand. How many wanna start experiencing it? Every one of us. It's one thing to hear about it. How many know it's another thing to Experience it. Let me prove it to you. When, when, when some, some here tonight are sweethearts, newly married or getting about ready to get married, and even for those of us who've been married for some time, how many remember when you first met your love, the love of your life, right? But how many remember before that, you'd watch some of your friends fall in love and you'd be like, wow, that'd be good for me. But it ain't happening yet. Especially you ladies, right? Some of you ladies are like, you should see some of their, their, their heads tilted. 
They're like this. <laughs> Come on, admit. You saw of that type of love, but you yet experienced it. Your friend could try to tell you what it's like. Not the same. But then, everybody say then. When you met the right one. How many know what I'm talking about? And you fell in love. I remember that. Woo! How many know there's a difference in hearing about it and experiencing it? For indeed the gospel was preached unto us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. I'm tired of the word not profiting me. Here's why. Not being mixed with and those who you can hear the word of God, you can quote it better than grandma. But that doesn't mean you believe it and you're mixing faith with it. I've seen and experienced some of the most angry, vindictive people who can outquote me with the scripture. How many know they don't know of the one who wrote it? Amen. Therefore remains, therefore rest for the people of God. Everybody say, that's me. Are you a person of God? Are you a Christian tonight? Everybody look at me. There remains a rest for you then. What is this rest, Ken? Does it mean I'll never have any more trouble? <laughs> Life will be amazingly blissful? <laughs> this is the rest. Let's read on. Therefore, I rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his, 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 mark that. For he who has entered his rest has himself also caused or ceased from his works. Notice what this is saying. Look at your, look at your verse right there. The rest that remains for the people of God when we are faith people, because remember, we're, I'm going backwards now. Remember, there were Christians that Paul noticed in the Hebrew church that they were hearing the Bible, it being taught, but they didn't mix any faith with it. Therefore, they didn't enter any rest. The rest of whom? Everybody say God. To enter the rest of God means you cease from your own efforts of trying to get yourself delivered, trying to get yourself healed, trying to get yourself free trying to make yourself all perfect, you're not gonna do it. You don't have that kind of ability. You don't have that kind of power. If you and I did, why would Jesus need to go to the cross? You know the ultimate of your faith is? To enter this kind of rest, which enters into whom's ability? Everybody say God's ability, and we're gonna end on this. We're out of time. For he who has entered his rest has himself ceased from his own efforts and works and ability as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that what? Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Fold your notes. We're gonna pick up there next week, hopefully. Now there's somebody in line next week but I think I have seniority. I might, I'll ask him. I'll kindly ask him if I could. You want me to finish next week? You get anything out of this tonight? Yes. Folks, 
I'm telling you, some of us are striving and striving to free ourselves from certain bondages and sins and striving and striving to try to get certain blessings to come our way. We're, uh, we're, again, remember that spiritual gymnastic thing? Some of you are trying to jump through every spiritual hoop that you can so that God is the awe factor. <gasps> Look at them. I have to get them that blessing. Forget that. That has nothing to do with grace. That's your own labor. God says cease from your own labor and tap into whose labor? Tap into whose labor? Come on, you gotta go louder now. Tap into whose labor? God's labor and ability of what he's already done and what's already written in scripture. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.